Hello and welcome to another episode of AdventuresIn.net. I'm Sean Clavey, your host, and with me today is Caleb Wells. Hey, yo. Hey, and Wailu. Hey, don't. Hey, good. Hey, folks. This is Charles Maxwood, and I just launched my book, Max Coder's Guide to Finding Your Dream Developer Job. It's up on Amazon. We self-published it. I would love your support. If you want to go check it out, you can find it there. The Max Coder's Guide to Finding Your Dream Developer Job. Have a good one. Max out. Today we don't have a guest. But we, I think we have a really good, interesting topic, and that's uh, ways to find your focus while you're developing. I think we can probably really help a lot of people that, that have issues with focusing while they're developing. I've got a little bit of, you know, mild ADD that I, I would call myself. And sometimes, you know, I, I find myself really not being able to, to get into the zone while I'm developing. So mm-hmm. what kind of things have, have you found that helped you, you know, keep your focus and stay on track on your development tests. Why don't we start with you, well, Caleb? First off, I want to say that uh, I have ADHD and OCD and uh, are, am easily distractible. And double way. Uh, <laughs> and I'll be honest, I think right, a lot of developers or programmers are kind of in a similar situation. ADHD can have its negatives, but you can you can use right that that hyper activity and focus it in in a way to where you can get into that flow state, right? And get in the zone, so to speak. Honestly, that's, I chase that flow state, right? I've been chasing it for years. I've, I've read books on flow, a bunch of websites on flow, done courses. And, and you guys may call it something different, right? But it's that idea that you're, you're in that sweet spot where it's not something routine or boring and it's not way above your, your grasp, your skill level, right? It's just a little over the edge of that challenge space and you're interested in it, right? And you can sit down and start coding four hours are gone like that, right? And then the code you've written, it may need some refactoring, but right, there's some real gold in there. I mean, there's there, at least the, the, the basics of it are really good and really reusable. You know, and in, a, in the last project that I worked on, I didn't get in that state that often, unfortunately, but the times that I came out of it, there were pieces of code that I wrote, you know, that we're reusing a thousand times across the application. So one of the things that, that I use for focus, I don't necessarily know the, the efficacy of it or, or how well it works, but they do have peer-reviewed papers and they've done research, but it's, um, it's an app and a website called uh, brain.fm. And what it does is when you load it up, you can pick, you know, what you're trying to do. And one of the options is to focus. And then it, it plays music, but it's not, it's not like real music. It's not rock or rap. It's not even classical. It's AI-generated music that is actually supposed to match, like, the, the, your brain waves and put it in, I'm not sure if it's a theta state or, or that flow state, help you really focus. So when I really need to zone out and be left alone and try to get some work done, that's one of the things that I will, I will try first is putting on my headphones and loading up brain, uh, brain.fm. Okay, that's really interesting, actually. Like, um, I mean, I, I generally don't like to listen to music when I'm, when I'm actually um, trying to focus, but 
I've realised lately that um, if I just don't listen to music with with singing, it works. Um, yes. With singing, I'm just concentrating on the lyrics too much and stuff like that. So. Well, and that's what they say in a lot of these books on focus or on distraction is that whether you're actively listening to the words of the music, you're still having to process them. That's why they suggested if you were going to do music, do classical. They actually say that it's been proven that listening to Mozart will actually lower your blood pressure and okay. put you in, in, in more of a state of calm. <laughs> the science in all this is uh, sometimes can be woo-woo, right? And it's, <laughs> and it's all over the place, but it's, uh, it really, it's an interesting area to dig into that can make all of us better as developers, especially you know, when you've got a tough problem to tackle. So why, what do you, um, what do you do that helps you, you try to stay focused? I guess uh, how I'd focus as a developer is heaps different to how I'd um, focus as a project manager. And I guess what I'm trying to say is that your, the environment that you work in um, is really, really matters. Um, right. Like right now, um, it's, it's impossible to kind of use any kind of those focus things because basically my day involved talking to people. So for, for me, um, the focus here is really on making sure that the tasks that I need to do um, are done, that, I, that, that the project needs to be done are done well. And for that, I use um, I generally use um, to do lists and all that stuff like that. So I use an app called Tick Tick. Um, there's so many to do lists out there, isn't it? Um, and it's right. and I guess it's you know I've, I've trialed a, a whole bunch of them, um, and then once you get stuck on one, you kind of just it's just really hard to to move out of it um, because mm-hmm. you've got your whole life kind of in there. But yeah, that, that's basically what, what I do. Um, I, I have a to do list, but it, I've, I've kind of got the system that it's kind of like it's kind of based on kind of like an agile principle, but just for my life. Like um, so. So every week um, on the on the Sunday, maybe half an hour to an hour, um, doing kind of like a retrospective where I look through the tasks that I've, I've, I've done, I've asked myself to do for the, for the last week, and that could just be something programming related, and that could be something, um, or it could just be like you know, do the gardening or, or something like that. Um, whatever, whatever the stuff that I aim to do that following week, I'll um, I'll put it in a to do list, and then um, at the retrospective, I'll look at whether I've done that task or not, and then based on whether, you know, some weeks I've been way too busy um, and I haven't done any of the tasks um, and some weeks I, I have, I guess. Yeah, so basically I, um, I after, at my perspective, I rate myself out of um, four. One mm-hmm. being I've done nothing and four um, of, you know, I've cheated everything I could that week. And I generally just make it, I make it an even number because um, I don't want to have that fence-sitting thing where um, I always um, continually make myself out of three to be nice. Gotcha. Or the middle number. Um, and I... And I think four is a good number because four just means that like um, like if I, if I rate myself out of 10, then it would be almost impossible to get a 10 because that's like above 90%. But four is like, that's just above 75%. And and, and that's really what I'm looking for. I'm looking for that, um, the ability to kind of just, you know, constantly be productive um, and constantly, you know, achieving the things I want to achieve in my life. So I rate myself out of four. And then I think that whole process allows me to kind of gauge what, I, um, what I'll put in the next to-do list. So... Sometimes like I am productive, but I've just put way too many things in my to-do list. So the mm. next week I'll just put less. Yeah. And I think it allows me to schedule things a lot better and just kind of understand my, I guess, my velocity, if you will. Um, so I guess that's, that's generally what I do. And, and you know, it's something that I've, I've been doing for a number of years. I've even got a chart of all the scores I've been giving myself every every week for the past, I don't know, four or five years. Yeah. And you can see that it goes up and down and it's pretty seasonal, you know, like um, depending on how busy work is, how busy, you know, other parts of my life is. But um, I guess other things I do, um, and I'm not sure if you guys do, um, do you guys do any meditation or anything? Or? 
Well, yeah, I'd like to circle back to that, but I do want to say one thing about your your to do list and your your scoring, your retrospectives. I think that's the retrospective piece is really smart, right? Because it's positive motivation, and you're, you're trying to do some some consistent habit forming. To do lists are horrible for me <laughs> because yeah. because I'll put stuff on there. But then, you know, I won't do it and I will put a due date on it and it's two weeks after it's due. And then I see the due date and it's like, ah, uh, so, so, um, do do list. Yeah. yeah. Hmm? I think I, um, with the to-do list, um, you have yeah. to really, um, make sure that the, the to-do list that you have is mm-hmm. relatively short. Otherwise it just becomes mm-hmm. way, way too big, which is why I've just, I do that weekly thing because then I only concentrate on the things that are on my weekly to-do list. And then gotcha. I've got my like long-term one, which has got, like a backlog of, of tasks. Right. So, so at, at work, I use Trello for organizing my tasks oh, yeah. and things like that. So, and I use Trello just to prioritize. So as I work with the customers that I deal with that are kind of working on the application and they have the requests of things that they, they want to have done, I'll use that to prioritize. So I'm always just working on the top priority items. So yeah. maybe the top two or three and I'll work on the top one for a while and then if I happen to lose focus, then I'll take a short break and then I'll jump to an, one of the other ones. Yeah. Because so, quite often where I'm starting to lose focus is just I kind of get a little bit of a sense of burnout on the one task that I'm working on. And I find it helps if I jump to another task after taking a short break and kind of refresh my mind and, and go that way. And then I think also I find myself in that zone when I'm not really thinking about things, you know, I just, I've got that good mental model of what I need to build. And then it just starts flowing out, going through. If I really have to start and think about, okay, do I want to do it this way? Do I want to do it that way? That's when I start to find myself, you know, I'm not focusing and not being in that, that really productive zone. So the more you think, the less you're going to be in the zone. If you really know, have that productive model of what you're going to do, I think, Finding that zone is a lot easier. I think um, breaking your tasks into discrete, small enough chunks is really, really important for focus. I find that, especially for, for dev development, if I've broken myself into a task which basically outlines exactly what I've got to do and it's getting, I can be, it can be done in a couple of hours, it doesn't really affect anything else, it removes all of the decision-making um, stuff out of it and I can just literally just go, okay, I've got to do this task, it's on my to-do list um, or it's on my, you know, on my Trello or whatever. And then I can just focus on it solely, you know. So I think that that's very well, important. A bit of an art form as well. So why can I uh, can I give you all of the large tasks I have to do, and you can break them down for me <laughs> and and, on, and yeah. put them put them in good chunks, and then give yeah, them back, no. and I can actually get something done. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a good business opportunity to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. That's hugely important. But depending on the environment you're in, that, that sometimes it's easier said than done, right? Uh, I work for in a small shop. We don't have any business analyst or even a true QA person. And so um, our boss will, he'll have an idea and he'll, ha- he'll have an idea of uh, what he wants it to do and the requirements, right? But we end up doing several iterations and sometimes breaking it down can, can be difficult. But no, I, I agree that's, that's huge if you can put it into small enough chunks to where you can focus on that one specific piece of it. Yeah, a lot of the unit testing um, like frameworks or, or the, the, yeah. that method, that mentality is kind of based on mm-hmm. that in a way, like trying to be, be able to break down the, the functions that you want to create in, in, in the code 
small enough that you can you can do that. But yeah, it is very difficult, as you mentioned. So. so getting back to what you mentioned with meditation, there's any number of things we can talk about. I said it's an interesting topic. With meditation, I've tried mindfulness. You know, and, and the idea in that is right, using something like calm or headspace and trying to take, you know, 20 minutes a day or something and just, you know, not do anything, right? Just breathe and just be there. That in and of itself is easier said than done. But, you know, so I'll do it for a week and then I won't do it for a couple of weeks and then I'll do it for a few days. I definitely see the benefit when I do do it. Just it's not something that I have developed into a consistent habit. What about you? It's funny, yeah. I mean, I, I did raise the point about meditation. I, I do believe in it, mm-hmm. but I also haven't, um, yeah, made it a consistent habit. Um, so much earlier in my life, um, like 10, 10 years ago, um, I, I, I did this uh, medication course. It was called Vipassana or something like that. Uh, I'll probably put the link up in, in there. But basically it was like um, it was this meditation camp, basically, and you um, I think it's like non-religious or something. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. My, my housemate at the time um, just kind of hooked me up to it. Um, but you go there and for 10 days, you meditate for 10 hours a day. You can't talk wow. to anyone. You can't meet. Like you literally can't talk to anyone. So you have all these people there um, meditating with you and you sleep in the same dorm with them and all that stuff. And you don't talk to them for 10 days. So you have all these weird ideas about what, the, what they're like and all that stuff. Because you're around them, but you can't talk to them. <laughs> right. It's it a bit cultish, I guess, in a way, but um, it really changed my life. It was like, um, I don't know if it was a meditation or it was just the fact that you couldn't do anything for 10 days. You just, just self-reflect. But I came out of it like um, understanding that, yeah, like meditation is really, really, or just taking some time out. Like I'm, the thing is, I'm not sure whether meditation works or not, but I think a lot of meditation is probably just not thinking for, for a little while. Mm-hmm. You know? like, um, I, actually, I think that is actually what meditation is, but... So I'm not sure all the different techniques and whether they work or not, but I think just the act of just taking a bit of time out is really important. And I've, I've been trying to I've been trying to do that uh, at work. Um, and uh, there is actually a meditation room. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, oh, I've, cool. I've, I've said to myself, look, I'll, I'm, I'll try to take ten minutes a day just to I mean, maybe after lunch tonight just to sit in a, in a meditation room and try to meditate. But, mm-hmm. but gosh, meditation is hard. Um, it's like mm-hmm. it's hard to meditate for ten minutes if you don't do it um, regularly. You know, because you're sitting there mm-hmm. and you're trying to not think and you know, by not thinking, you're thinking about not thinking and things like that. So. Yeah, my ADD would just battle that so hard, you know. <laughs> it would be so hard just to meditate for 10 minutes, let alone 10 hours. It's like... Oh, yeah, I mean, you had right. <laughs> but, um, and, and then like three hours out of those 10 hours, you had these one-hour things, but you couldn't you couldn't move and you had to close your eyes. And hmm. so you'd, you'd be sitting there and you'd lose track of time because like hmm. you don't know like because you've got your eyes closed and you're supposed to you meditate for one hour at a time. But you don't know when that hour ends. And if you're just sitting there, you just kind of like, oh, it's, it's been 10 minutes? Has it been like 20? I don't know. Like, has it been, has it just only been 30 seconds? Like, it, how do you it not sounds fall like asleep? You were, yeah, you were throwing the deep end because yeah. I'm with Sean. I, I try hard for 20 minutes, but my brain won't shut up. It's interesting, right, with meditation because I do think it can lead to better focus, right, mm-hmm. and lead to a calmer mind. And, and I know, right, it has roots in, uh, Buddhist teachings, but I do think that the mindfulness has removed a lot of that that religion and that perspective of it. Mm. Like if you do headspace or calm, right, the whole focus is on breathing and letting your your thoughts come and go without any judgment. But that also that leads to a whole other thing, right? I'm using an app on my phone which is built to distract me. <laughs> to try 
to gain some calm and focus. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, nice. Yeah. Have you have you found that the the, the, heads, the so you, is it like a subscription service or something? Yeah, yeah. I've I tried Headspace and didn't really like it that much. It worked, but it didn't feel like it was the right fit. I'm now using Calm, and it works better for me because you know, like I've tried some stuff where where right the idea is they they start you out and they say okay just breathe, and then they don't say anything for ten minutes. I'm kind of like you were. Why I'm like, okay, has it been ten minutes? When's it yeah. going to be ten minutes? You know, why aren't they talking to me? What's going on? Hello, what hello, anybody there? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and calm, at least the ones I've listened to up to this point, they interject more often, which which for some people would probably completely ruin it. But I, I need that. I need that feedback, at least right now. Is that what the premise of the app is? Like you to put it on and it's kind of like a like a recording and then every once in a while they'll say something or what is that? Well, do? I guess the premise of Headspace and Calm is to allow people to get more mindfulness in their lives. But of course it's a business, right? And both of them are subscription services. I actually got Calm for like 70% off an annual subscription. So I decided to try it and it's working. And of course, you know, they they have a guest host or, or actors or something come on and, and do one of theirs. That, that didn't really appeal to me. But a whole self-help industry which I would consider right, mindfulness and focus and uh, that kind of stuff. That that's all in there, right? I'm I'm a sucker <laughs> for it. So I've used I've used Calm before, and I I just yeah. have the free version, but I use it for white noise going to sleep. Oh, okay, yeah. So that's what it does for me. And you know, talking about closing your eyes for three hours, how did you st- stop from falling asleep just during that time? I think basically you couldn't lie down. You had to sit upright. I think that uh, was yeah. um, that was how you couldn't fall asleep because you fell asleep, you'd fall down, right? So <laughs> you fall over and wake up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah it's hard, to fall, it's hard to fall asleep when you've only got a pillow to kind of pop you up. So yeah. So I might be a little bit of the the opposite because uh, what seems to help me is more of a you know faster beats, even like rock music helps me. You know focus and i don't know because it's because of all the that becomes a distraction to my brain and so the part that actually needs to focus on the task can do that because it's also kind of the same thing like people with adhd caffeine is actually a calming drug to them rather than a stimulant caffeine doesn't work on me like right right i I can can take a coffee and go right to sleep yeah i can drink a coffee right now and it have basically no effect on me so yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's the same thing with with, with music. You know, some people play you know classical music or other you know non Vulcan music and things like that. And it actually, to me, it's it's harder because then my my brain starts to fill in those empty spaces and drift off and and not focus. If there's lyrics with with the music, I don't mm-hmm. pay attention to what they're saying. And maybe that's just the way I've always been. I I've mm-hmm. never really paid so much attention to the lyrics. Unless it's like really, really clear lyrics and something that gets repeated in a song, I'll do that. But uh, yeah, if it's a upbeat, you know, I grew up in the '80s, so that's the 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 music that I'm most familiar with. And so mm-hmm. maybe I'm familiar with the, with the music, so I don't have to think about it. 
and it just kind of fills in that empty empty space in my brain so that I can focus on the task that I'm trying to do. Do you oh. find that sometimes like having headphones on is kind of like a signal to others that you also don't want to be distracted? I feel like that, that might it's, be... Well, it's, it's supposed to be a signal, but it doesn't work. Like, yeah. <laughs> like in my office... I have my headphones on most of the time. And everyone knows if I have my headphones on, I'm probably writing code or trying to focus on something. And I still have people tap me on the shoulder or, you know, like, hey, Caleb, hey, Caleb, right? You know, (laughs) so that's supposed to be one, but it's not, you know, and then you have, right, the whole open office plan, you know, that 70% of workplaces have, which makes it that much more difficult. One of the biggest pain points that I find as I talk to people about software is deployment. It's really interesting to have the conversations with people where it's, I don't want to deal with Docker. I don't want to deal with Kubernetes. I don't want to deal with setting up servers. I don't, you know, all of these different things. And in a lot of ways, DevOps has gotten a lot easier. And in a lot of ways, DevOps has also kind of embraced a certain amount of culture around applications, the way we build them, the way we deploy them. I've really felt for a long time that developers need to have the conversations with DevOps or adopt some form of DevOps so that they can take control of what they're doing and really understand when things go to production, what's going on, so that they can help debug the issues and fix the issues and find the issues when they go wrong and help streamline things and make things better and slicker and easier so that they'll more generally go right. So we started a podcast called Adventures in DevOps. I pulled in one of the hosts from one of my favorite DevOps shows, Nell Shamrell Harrington from the Food Fight show, and we got things rolling there. And so this is more or less a continuation of the Food Fight show where we're talking about the things that go into DevOps. So if you're struggling with any of these operational type things, then definitely check out Adventures in DevOps. And you can find it at adventuresindevopspodcast.com. Open office would be really, really tough for me. For me, you know, the visual distractions of okay, what are they doing? What are they doing? Mm. All that kind of stuff would just be really, really bad for my performance. Well, I was gonna say I share an office with two other developers, and it's not a huge office, but my computer and all my stuff is facing one of the corners, so that when I'm sitting down, I'm I'm trying not to have those visual disturbances. Like you said, Sean, I wouldn't be able to do that either. Yeah, I could see three or four. I can, you know, I can handle that. And, you know, I, I typically don't face the wall because I never like to have my back to the door. So people walking in and things like that. So I, I tend to rotate my desk around. But then, you know, I use my monitors to kind of strategically block you know, distractions and things like that. So mm. I think um, it's really good if you can, if you can work from home, um, at least like part of the week, like at least one day a week or something like that. Um, Cause then you can, that's what I, I find that at work, sometimes it's just so hard because like uh, my job requires talking to people a lot, you know, like, and so I'm talking to people or people are coming in and talking to me kind of thing. And sometimes you just need that like couple of hours of just literally no distraction. And like you said, you know, the headphones is only a, a small deterrent. Um, but if you're you know physically away, then it's very hard for them to actually contact you. And, you know, they, they can only do it by phone or Skype or whatever. So, right. The, the, the only um, thing that I run to there, because I, I work from home two days a week, sometimes it can be hard to focus at home, especially if like your family's home, right? Yeah. That's a whole nother, <laughs> you know, but, but yeah, but I do agree that working remotely or working, working in an environment where you're the only person, mm. you can really get a lot done without the distractions. And I guess this goes back to 
why we need to even be talking about focus, right? But between our phones and email and coworkers and the water cooler talk, right? Most of our day is is distraction. Yeah, it's that uh, context switching, isn't it? That's a, that's a killer. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, right. And I think with with us, it's worse than than with most people. At least mm-hmm. I know it is with me, right? Because especially if I'm in the middle of writing some code or or working through a class or building out an interface or whatever, right? Is I'm juggling a lot of stuff in my head, right? I'm having to hold multiple possible languages and ideas and pieces that are going to be working as a whole, right? Yeah. To make sure that that I don't do one piece and it doesn't work with this other piece. But then I get distracted and I lose all that and I have to rebuild it. It can take a while. Yeah, yeah. I, the other day I um, because I'm currently doing university for for, for this work course that works sent me to on, and uh, just doing the assignments is such a killer. Uh, mm. And a, a lot of it is just like the assignments aren't that hard, but it's just like you know I, I don't like writing essays and all that stuff. And like I hadn't done it for since I was last you know well to you know, undergrad at uni- university kind of thing. Um, and I'd just been procrastinating for so long just trying to do it. And and then one day I just you know I said to my wife, look. This Sunday, I am just going to go to the library. I'm going to go to the library and then I'm going to, you know, sit on my laptop. I'm going to put airplane mode on, no internet on my laptop. I'm just going to open up Word and then I'm just going to start typing. Like, um, cool. yeah, yeah, over four hours, I just got it done. Even, even though I'd been, I've, I've been procrastinating for like a week or two trying to get it done, but, you know, I just couldn't, I just couldn't get started, you know, like, um, yeah. So I guess, that, yeah, just moving, removing all of the distractions and kind of just forcing yourself to, to do it. I also find like um, if, if I'm trying to get started on a task and mm-hmm. just starting um, and not trying to be a perfectionist and planning everything makes a big difference. A lot of times right. you kind of you kind of sit there going, okay, what's the best way to do it? Um, and then you spend all that time, just th- that kind of analysis paralysis bit mm-hmm. trying to get started um, when really you should just get started. Just get started and, you know, if, if it's a crap, then just start again, you know. But, um, but you know, you'll find that just getting started is going to help you a lot, I think. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree with that you can make it bigger than what it is. And if you just start a piece of it yeah. and start moving forward, you, you can gain some traction. Yeah. yeah. So Caleb, you've, you've talked about Calm and yeah. a couple of other apps. Is there any other apps or, or books that you've found that have helped for focus? Yeah. Well, and I'm not trying to be a shell for any of these companies. <laughs> uh, I mean, if, I mean, yeah. if they, if they want to pay me, I'm, I'm happy to take it, but no, I'm, <laughs> everything that I'm mentioning is stuff that I, have used or am using to try to right get that focus there's a there's a few interesting books out there i mean that right there are some not so good ones too but one of the ones that i read it's been in the last year is called uh, deep work by cal newport it's really kind of around the idea of knowledge work is tough you know industry to be in or, or place to be in right and Finding time to do deep work, especially in our office environments as, as they stand now, is can be almost impossible, right? So it just it goes into a number of different studies. He talks about how different people handle focus, you know, how to set up your your schedule and your calendar, you know, how to ignore email, right? turn off your phone, kind of like, you know, why I did with airport mode, right? Put yourself in a position where you're not allowing yourself to be easily distracted. And of course, depending on your job, 
depends on how much you can do. But I found it to be, um, it was a good book. I got some good insight out of it. Um, mm. And then there's a book I'm actually uh, reading right now called Indistractable, which is the opposite of me. <laughs> so it's the perfect book for me to be reading. And it's interesting in its own right. It's actually written by the guy who wrote Hooked several years back. And a lot of companies like Google and Apple have used Hook to help them build addictive applications, right? And they're not going to say they're addictive or that they're habit forming or that, you know, they, they give you that, that hit of happiness, but they do, right? So this one is basically the, the opposite end of the spectrum and talking about, you know, how you can, you can free yourself from distractions. And, you know, and he talks about internal and external triggers, external being probably one of the more pervasive these days. One of the things that I'm testing out that he suggests is actually uh, time boxing your schedule. And the idea there is that you actually schedule every minute of your day. Not not necessarily saying like, I'm going to spend five minutes brushing my teeth and 15 minutes in the shower, but block out everything, personal and professional. And then what you've kind of done is you have blocked everything out so you've scheduled your day so someone else can't schedule it for you, right? And things adjust and you may get meetings and, you know, and that's part of your day, right? But if you can, say, schedule two hours for deep work in the morning and it's on your schedule and you're aware of it and you know that you have work to do, it's that extra kind of impetus, right? To say that I have scheduled this time for myself and this is what I'm going to do with it. So I'm, uh, I'm trying that out. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. If you can, if you can actually um, schedule your your day like that, um, I did have a developer that I worked with like years and years ago, and I noticed what he did was he documented everything he did that day at the end of the day, like um, hmm. or even during, like um, and I don't know why he did it. Um, I think it was because then he could kind of he could kind of reflect. It was it was kind of like my little retrospective thing, but it was like um on a daily basis, and it was kind of like him basically figuring out what he had actually done that day and seeing how much progress he's, he's made and seeing if there were any gaps of distraction. He was a very focused person. So, so I, don't, I don't know if that works or not, but um, yeah. I guess that's a, that's a thing people could try. But I mean, I also kind of just um, accept that distractions are kind of like, at least some distractions is inevitable. So mm-hmm. I find that if I, if, if when I, I do a task, um, if I'm like, if I'm leaving for the day, if I leave it just enough so that, if I leave, if I leave the task in a state that's just enough so that um, there, there's this one little bit where I can pick up really easily um, when I get back in the morning, it's, it's really easy to get back into the context. So like maybe like I'll leave like I don't know like a little bit of the code uh, just slightly unfinished, and all I've got to do is come back and uncomment or something like that. And it, it really it, it it helps me really get get started. I feel like getting started for me is the is the hardest part when it comes to context switching because you're kind of lost. So yeah. So one technique that I've heard a lot of people talk about that works for them is the Pomodoro technique. Have either of you yeah. tried that? Yes. I think it makes perfect sense. Okay. So for, first, for, what, first, what is the Pomodoro technique? I think there's, there's different implementations of that, but the idea is that you, like, you set a timer for 25 minutes, and then once you've set that timer, you focus on one thing exclusively for the next 25 minutes, right? And then the timer goes off, and you take a five-minute break. Right. And then you do another 25, five and you do like that, that like four times and you take 30 minutes or something like that. It's that's the general gist of it. 
my thing again was that in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, how many minutes do I have left? Where am I in my Pomodoro? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I've never tried you, it. I've, I've never tried it, but, uh, it just seems to me to be kind of artificial. It's like, you know, if I'm in the zone, I don't want this timer going off and breaking my flow and, and kind of short circuiting oh, yeah. what, what's going on there. So I, you know, I want to get into the zone and stay in the zone for a while. And then, you know, if there's some timer could read my mind and saying you're drifting, then it should go off and say, take a break. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. Can you develop that? <laughs> I'll look into it. But yeah, that's just, I mean, that's the way it kind of, and I mean, maybe if you, if you can only focus for maybe 25 minutes at a time and you yeah. know, that's what it right. is, then, then take that five right. minute break and come back. You know, that might right. work, but it just seems to be too rigid and for what would work for me. That would actually be a good idea for an app actually. Like, cause I mean, like, like a computer that kind of like sees exactly what you're doing. If you sees you like browsing web pages or something like that, it'll kind of bring you back. Um, well, and there, and there are actually apps for that. And, and I can add some to the show notes, but like uh, rescue time is a time tracking app that if you have a subscription to them, you can actually like flip a button and like say for like two hours and it'll actually prevent you from going to sites like Facebook or YouTube. It'll actually stop you from doing it. Yeah, you so know, it's so. kind of like the airplane mode technique. Yeah. But. Right. Right. Maybe absolutely. maybe something that could use your webcam and pick up your <laughs> eye movements or mouse movements and head movements and figure, okay, he's losing it, losing it. Right. Right. Set up, set off the alarm, you know, shut things down, take a break. Oh, look, I'm sure it's just around the corner with the AI. That we've got <laughs> I was you're right. The, the brain eye interface, like you just, you, you get a jack in your head, which I will yeah. never do by the way. But um, <laughs> right. say that now. You say that now. Like, and then you see all the new features that you can have. Like, <laughs> <laughs> kind of like the matrix, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so if somebody out there uh, puts this together, I, I want to cut. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Ending, right? <laughs> If somebody puts it together, I just want to be able to use it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be good too. So focus is elusive, right? And part of the human condition is to be distractible, right? And I think you even said that, why, right? And all this tech, Facebook and Instagram and Google and whatnot, they didn't create this issue. They just, they're taking advantage of it. Yeah. You know, I would love to hear from some of our listeners, either through the website or through Discord, how they handle focus or purchase kind of stuff. I'm curious to see see what other people do. Yeah, yeah so they can, yeah, they can go to it and connect with us at devchat.tv or we do have a Facebook page so they can make comments That's there right. on, on Facebook or uh, on Twitter. You know, they, people can reach, reach me at uh, Whopper underscore dev. That's W-O-P-R underscore dev on Twitter and we can put, kind of put those together. So that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, cause um, I'll, t- I'll take every bit of help I can get. I'm always trying to find, and maybe this is the gamification of my life, right? That I'm always trying to find that, that next app that's going to help me focus yeah. or get me in flow or make me better. But, um, <laughs> but it can be but pretty here I am. Find to not distract you. And that like, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> It's like, it's like, here, let me take five minutes and distract myself by trying to find a new focus app. <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't found the perfect fit for me. And I, and I think it changes as time goes on. And as I get older, 
or you know develop uh, dealing with different problems. But my my, my, my techniques have, has definitely evolved with technology. That's why I look up. You know, we, we 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 laugh about it, but technology does make a big difference to, to how you can focus. I think so. I mean, even a, the the modern to do app. You know, like you know, I can't, I can't imagine people right. in the eighties or nineties being using the, the pen and paper version. Probably wouldn't be as effective as in that. And right. No notifications for us. It was like, sticky right. notes. Sticky notes. Sticky notes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's that was kind of my first application I ever wrote for for a work purpose was a sticky notes replacement. So no. we were out, we were working at a help desk at a university, and they would use sticky notes to figure out who's working on what, and just kind of pass the sticky note around, you know, for help desk tasks. And I went, that's not right. So you know, my first application <laughs> was a help desk tracking system to replace sticky notes. So what it would just like notify you or something like that, um, whenever you. It's like a reminder system more than anything. Well, but like the help desk would have a queue. Uh, then the network people would have a queue. The system administrator would have a queue. And so you, you could pass the little, the record around depending on yeah. who's working on it versus, you know, walking down the, the hallway and handing off a sticky note. You know, yeah, yeah. here it's tag, you're it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, the customer would call back in and say, yeah, I want to check on the issue that I reported and, you go, okay, let me go find who's got the sticky note. So Yeah, it was either that or it was just broadcast emails. You know, somebody take care of this. And like, okay, everybody yeah, right. that received the email assumed that somebody else was working on it, so it didn't get yeah. done. So I find all yeah, all, like if you send an email to more than one person, the chance of one person attending to it really decreases. I usually have one person that uh, that is on the to list and then everyone's just CC'd on there to be clear who I actually want to, to action it. So <laughs> That makes good sense. Yep. Yeah. Over the last many years, we've had a ton of terrific people on JavaScript Jabber. And one thing that I realized over the last few years was that we were missing out on some of the real story there. So we would talk about the topic that they were experts in and help you keep up on what's going on in the JavaScript community. But I felt like we had these terrific people on there and we didn't really talk about who they were. So I pulled together a show called My JavaScript Story. And what we do is we interview the people that we've had on JavaScript Jabber or people just from the community. Maybe we'll have you on sometime. And we talk about how they got into programming, how they got into JavaScript, what they're working on, what they're well-known for, and how they've developed their career. And some of the people are extremely well-known and come from really interesting backgrounds. So if you're curious about how your JavaScript heroes got into JavaScript, then go check out My JavaScript Story. You can find it at myjsstory.com. So, um, have we covered everything? Should we move on to picks? Sure. I'll go first, I guess. And one of my picks is actually uh, something that might help people with their, their focus. And it's a selection of music called Music to Code By. And mm-hmm. if anybody listens to the .NET Rocks podcast, they're probably familiar with it because it's put out by uh, somebody called Carl Franklin. And he's one of the, the hosts of, of .NET Rocks. So, and it's music that he actually wrote himself and he puts it out there for people to, to use and to help with focus. So if you like, and it's all uh, non-vocal music, so it's all instrumental. So if that helps you focus, look at the uh, music to code by. And then I'll also have one other pick and it's because recently I started uh, playing ice hockey and ah. uh, I needed to find something that I could do in the winter because in the, in the summer I play a lot of slow pitch softball 
And I didn't have anything to occupy and be exercised and things like that in the winter. So I've recently picked up uh, ice hockey. So if anybody wants to do something athletic in the winter and it's fun and it's not too competitive, uh, look for your, your local hockey leagues and find recreational hockey. And where I play, there's no checking or anything like that. So it's not violent unless you're falling down a lot like I am right now. But, uh, but uh, yeah, it's lots of fun. So you're a developer that, yeah, I was going to say you're a developer that works out, right? You actually get exercise. That's not normal for developers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, it's good social too. So get cool. out and find people and meet people in your yeah. community. Mm, okay. So. Good deal. All right. So I have already <laughs> given, you know, several picks. So I'm going to leave it at that, uh, but we'll have links, right? Calm, brain.fm, deep work, indistractable. Those are all good resources. All right. Yeah. Just put, paste the links for those so we can uh, have those put in the show notes and people can check them out. All right. What do you got? Why? My pick today is kind of contrary to the, the topic of the day. Uh, we're trying to focus. Uh, my pick is the Nintendo Switch. So I was a big gamer back in the 90s when I was a kid. Uh, I loved the Super Nintendo and, and the Nintendo. But like, over the years, like I've actually bought all these other consoles, but I've never, I've just never had any use. And I think it was mainly because it was just, you know, I had to be in front of the TV and, you know, it would, it was always just something that was, you know, there was long loading times and all that stuff. But, like, for me, since I bought the Switch, um, I find I'm, I'm actually, like, playing it. And I'm, I think mainly because it's just so accessible. I can, you know, I can play it in front of the TV or I can play it, um, you know, in my room. I can, you know, I can play it on the bus or, you know, I can play it anywhere kind of thing. Um, and it's the first time I've actually been back into gaming since I was a, mm-hmm. a kid kind of thing, you know, so... So, yeah, it's, it's the only console that actually works for me. So I thought I'd you know, give a shout-out to that, but, yeah. It does take away I from would uh, try out Katana Zero for the Katana Nintendo Zero. Switch. Yeah. What's that? Is that a game? Or? Yeah, it's a, it's a game for And I actually think uh, right now, well, as we're recording this, it's on sale. So Okay, cool. Maybe I will check it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Well, great show. I, I hope we've helped out some people that uh, been having a hard time finding focus while they're developing. And everybody, check out our next episode when we come back. We've got some really good guests coming up. So keep an eye out. Watch for them. I think you'll like it. Talk to you later. Uh, Thanks, yeah. y'all. Bye. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.